Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity, Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that jockey, homie. Fuck that. Black D. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Man, I, I don't even know where to fucking start with this shit. I. I got a lot going on. I'm extremely fucking overwhelmed. I'm I'm gonna just put that right out right out in front of this shit. I got a lot of heavy shit on my mind and I'm I'm gonna fill you all in on, on the things that I've been dealing with. So let's let's just go into some current events here. So uh, and I don't mean on the news, I mean in my life. So um, last week uh, I had one of my cats at work um, show up diabetic out of, out of nowhere. He, um, he was a guy that he didn't like to be handled that much. You know, he really didn't like to be handled. Um, I can pet him on his head to like his, you know, shoulder area kind of deal. But, um, that was about it. You know, if you overextended that, like he'd nail you, you know, he, he came from a hoarding situation and he made a lot of progress just to get to that point. And I had him out in my roaming area, so you didn't really need to be pulling him in and out of a cage or anything. And, you know, he'd come to me for treats, but, you know, you just didn't go too far with him, you know. So one day he was just kind of like laying there and I could tell by his position he wasn't really like watching what I was doing because he was always alert to like the way you were coming at him and all that. 
And I could just tell by the way he was laying there. And I just worked, went off my instincts and I just scooped him up, which you don't scoop Hopper up. I mean, that's just not going to happen. But I knew I could just based on the way he was laying, scooped him right up. And he was like a dish rag, just, just hanging there. So I was like, all right, um, something's majorly wrong with him. So I, um, got him down to our medical department. Uh, we ran blood work on him, came back the next day, Hopper's diabetic. So I'm like, great. So now this cat, um, who, you know, normally would not allow us to handle him is now needing so many things. So now here, here's how my mornings go with, with Hopper. Cause he's also not eating. So I have to, his blood work showed, uh, bad signs on the liver, which, um, could have been caused by the diabetes that suddenly spiked. Um, so we put him on a liver supplement, Denimarin, which is, um, it flushes the toxins out of the liver and allows whatever to recover without the liver being poisoned more or less. Um, so we got him on that. There was an infection in his system. So we have him on an antibiotic, um, and I have him, I, I'm giving him IV fluids. And like I said, I have to force feed him, which you have to do with like a, a big giant syringe and you hold them and you kind of squirt the, the wet food down his throat. Um, so my day starts with, I have to give Denimarin on an empty stomach. So I give him that first thing as soon as I get to work. Then, um, I do my med rounds and then after the med rounds, I could start force feeding them. So I force feed like three, three or four syringes in them. And then I go and finish the rest of the med early, early day stuff there. This is before I even get to start cleaning my area that I got. Um, and so you want to give like about a half hour for that food to make it down to the stomach. And then you're going to give the insulin because you can't give the insulin on an empty stomach either. So the first thing needs to be on an empty stomach. The next thing needs to be on, a, you know, have something in the stomach. So you got to do those two things like that. And then it's just force feeding them throughout the day. So like I got that going on. Um, a few days ago now, one of my chickens who, Clock Hogan, um, she was just like down. And now this is this is the bird that if you go in there, you you throw like an earthworm in there. You could just about bet that cluck was going to grab that shit. Cause she was the fastest, most savage out of the crew, really sweet to people and all, but like you throw any kind of bug in there and out of nine chickens, cluck's most likely going to be the one who gets it. Um, so suddenly she's not getting up and that's clearly not like her cause she's fucking all over the place. So, um, I treated, I got her isolated into a crate. I treated her for coccidia and I treated the flock for coccidia just in case, um, which is a parasite. A lot of times that comes out of the, the soil, um, when it's a little bit warmer and wet and it's been hot and wet. So it makes sense, you know, um, don't think it was that she's still down. Um, so now I'm thinking Marix, which is a, a disease that can essentially kill your whole flock of chickens. Um, it makes sense that, you know, the chickens that kind of suddenly died on me, that could have been the reason. Um, your flock can live with it. Um, it's just a matter of like, um, they're all vaccinated when they're vaccinated early on, it's like 75 to 80% effective. So basically that's 75 to 80% of your birds should, um, 
you know, in theory, they, they should live. But if it randomly, you know, hits one of your birds and, and they don't respond well to it, you, you could lose them. It can cause temporarily, temporary or permanent paralysis in some of their legs and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, so now I'm force feeding the cat at work. I'm force feeding my chicken at home as well as giving her vitamin supplements and I have to hold her and like put the stuff down her throat. So I'm willing two different species to live every day. So that that's like just shit that I got to deal with. And every time, like, you know, I Hopper's very, very stable. So I'm not as concerned with him, you know, being dead or anything. But every time I, you know, go to my pen, I look in the cage and it's like, is she alive? And thank God she still is. And I could keep trying. I could keep trying because if I get the right shit going with her, she could, you know, get feeling back in the legs and um, you have to treat um, for inflammation. So there's different things we're going to be doing for her to try to get her back on her feet and back, you know, up to strength and everything. But like that's shit that I'm doing every day. Right. All right. So those are those things. Um, yesterday, check this out. I wake up to Nina telling me that. All right. So before I give you the uh, the punchline, as it were, or the uh, the big result. But if you've heard me talk on this show about my work, about anything with my work, you know that I feel very, very strongly about uh, my ACO, Maria, one of my best friends. She, um, she's just phenomenal at her job. She goes above and beyond. And through that, we became friends. And, you know, we hung out, you know, outside of work a lot. And we, um, you know, we would do things. We, um, uh, Maria and her husband, Bruce, you know, they would come to all my barbecues. We, we've been to comedy shows. Um, we've been to Atlantic City together. We've been, you know, um, we, we went to, they, they were, uh, they had like a surprise, um, like remarriage ceremony kind of thing. And, um, yeah, like, you know, we went to that. So we've been to family functions. They've been to our family functions, all of that stuff. All the time, the the um, 4th of July parties with, uh, you know, Pepper Pong. Like, it, it was like me and, and Mary Jane versus Marie and Bruce in the finals, like, every fucking time. Like, that was, like, the way it came down pretty much every time. That was our our arch rivals, you know, in the, in the finals. And, and um, when my pen when my chicken pen at the time duck slash pigeon pen only I got the code violation and I had to move my pen across the yard. Bruce came here day in and day out in the fucking summer for no money out of the kindness of his heart and moved my pen across the yard for me. Like I, you know, we had to disassemble this thing and put it back together in a different shape as well as adding other wood and making this whole thing work and rebuilding another pen across the yard in order for me to keep my birds. That, I mean, because the, the code violation just said, get rid of it. It needs to go. And yeah, sure. I was able to get a permit to put it where we put it, but without the ability to get it there, without the ability to build it, I don't have to know how to build a pen. There was just not, it wasn't going to fucking happen. 
So I could easily say that I wouldn't even have chickens if it wasn't for Bruce. So now we got a little background. I mean, again, this, this to me was always just a beautiful family. I, I, I go, went to their family function. Like I said, the, the, you know, remarriage thing. I mean, that was like pretty much their entire family. And it was such a warm, just environment. It was just like, you just knew there was a lot of love there. Right. So yesterday, back to our current day, uh, yesterday I, I woke up and, and Nina told me that Bruce was arrested for a, a cold case murder from 1999. Um, apparently, uh, allegedly, I guess, but I mean, supposedly DNA and all this. Girl was raped and murdered in 1999. It's been an unsolved mystery until uh, yesterday. And it, it just, I man, I don't even know how to fucking comprehend this shit. Because I, I just told you everything that that Bruce was around me, to me, to my family, to the guy to give the shirt off of his back. Yeah, you know, like he's. And, and to think that this shit was in his past, man, like, what the fuck? You know, um, his family obviously knew nothing. And, and to this, you know, right now, like, you know, Marie is trying to prove his in innocence. And um, that's to me, that's kind of the reaction I would expect out of her because I can't believe it. So if I can't fucking believe it, imagine the woman who had children with this man, you know, no way would she believe it either. Um, I'd say that the DNA is a, is a problem. You know, I, I'm not in denial of this. Um, I I'm in disbelief. I'm in, I'm in fucking shock, but know dna is not some lying ass shit man this isn't just an accusation and it's just unreal absolutely fucking unreal um i worry so so bad for my friend maria and you know what happens to her through this entire situation you got people in these towns around here fucking driving by her house yelling shit at her house at her family posting pictures of her kids and her and and her grandchild online just non-stop nasty stuff towards the family you know like if he did this and this is what we're dealing with this is what we're dealing with you know this wasn't a fucking group effort this is yeah they're victims man like that's Clearly, you know, the family of the, of the deceased is, is, you know, they're, they're the, the biggest victims in the situation and then obviously the deceased, but the family of the, the guy who did it, like they're completely at a loss right now. They, they, their whole fucking world got torn apart by the same guy that ended somebody else's world.
and uh, man, it's it's rough. She's talking about there's you know two hundred thousand dollars they want for a lawyer. Where I mean, she can go into having to take another mortgage on her losing her fucking house. It just this woman deserves the fucking the the best things on earth for the amount of of time and effort and just passion she puts into saving animals of all sorts. I got a million fucking stories about Maria going above and beyond for animals. If there's anybody on the planet that doesn't deserve this shit, it's her. It's just, it's heartbreaking. It's fucking completely shocking and heartbreaking. And like, it's hard to even put words to it other than what I've already said. I'm just fucking baffled by it. You know, I, and I'm, you know, I'm going down the comment thing, you know, to see what, you know, everybody's saying about everything. And, um, I mean, they're posting pictures before his, his Facebook was pulled down. Um, they're posting pictures from that same, you know, remarriage thing that, that I was at, like, they could have very well just had me up on there, you know, because like, one picture was like, okay, yeah, let's get the parents and Maria and Bruce together. Okay, let's get Jay and Nina and Maria and Bruce together. Everybody took pictures together. You know, it was, and yeah, like it, it's just, it's so fucking insanely surreal and just like, it's, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I can tell you that. It's it's one of the final nails in the coffin for me to like really just never fucking trust people. I, I don't like my fucking species as a whole. I just fucking don't. And people say that shit sarcastically or whatever the fuck. I'm telling you, like, I was put here to fucking help animals, and that's it. I, I was I was here for cats. That that's what I'm here for is to change the lives for the better of cats, because. It's just, yeah, I'm even, I'm even at my, my job looking at, at the cats and I'm just going like, man, I'm trying to teach you guys to trust people and I don't fucking trust people. This shit is, you know, and it's like, you know, with, with the cats, people created the problem of overpopulation. They domesticated these animals and then continued to breed them and allow them to breed at a clip that we can never keep up with providing a, a safe, comfortable home for, for the amount of animals that we've created as people. And now, despite the fact that people were the root of this entire problem, it's only people who can fix or help the problem. So you still need to rely on the same species that fucked this thing up to begin with to fix it, which will never fucking happen. And we just keep running on this animal welfare treadmill that never fucking ends. Um, it's tough. It's just. Uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you straight up that um, I'm struggling. It's uh, it's a lot. The things that I deal with and, and like the way that I got to run at work that I've been going like for a while, it's just like, go, 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 go. Uh, I handle every dangerous cat in the building. So, which I would have in no other way because it provides them with a better chance because we're logging days without incident. We're getting, 
you know, more, um, you know, more of a chance for these cats because it's not like, oh, it bit this person, it bit that person. What? There's no incident. There's no nothing because I could safely, you know, move these guys and just buy them time so we can continue to get them comfortable and acclimated and rehabilitated, ready to go home. So I don't, you know, regret any of the things, but it, it's just gotten to be too many fucking things, you know, where it's like, it, it, there's no pause. There's no, you know, there's no way to fucking take off because you're the most important thing there, you know, without you, this couldn't happen or that couldn't happen. And it's, it's a lot. I went to our Newark shelter on Tuesday and, um, that was, that was an experience. You know, I was really happy to go out there because it's something that I've been pushing for, for over a decade. I wanted to go out there and, you know, I still need to accomplish that part of the goal where I get to help work with the people who work with the cats to help them get better at what they do so they can do what I do. You know, um, they have less time. They have, um, not the, obviously it's, it's a very, very different environment. You know, Lacey Township and Newark, New Jersey are not similar. Uh, I don't think anyone's surprised by that statement. Uh, I've been to both places and this is not my first time in, in Newark as a city, but it was probably my first time there with good intentions, you know, or something that people would, um, commend or consider to be, you know, good actions because, when I used to go to Newark, it wasn't any good. Um, wasn't anything that, you know, people would uh, celebrate or uh, you know, be proud of. So, um, some of it was fun and all that, but like, come on. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a whole different world there, you know. But I went there with the intention of bringing cats back to our shelter. Um, they're our sister shelter out there. And, um, you know, I was able to bring 10, uh, 12 cats back. So it was really cool because we've, you know, we've had a lot of transfers over the years from Newark, but I've never got to personally walk around the shelter and, and essentially shop for cats, which is what I got to do. And it, it was awesome. It was really, really great to be able to, you know, know that this is the one I'm, okay, this, I'm going to work with this one. This one has a, you know, good health, this one, you know, because it was always so random when we would get things in the past. And sometimes it would, they would result in us, you know, treating for this medical condition or treating for this medical condition and then the spread of this and the spread of that. So then it'd be so much harder to continue to help because we were unraveling the last thing we were sent. So this was in such a more controlled, well thought out transfer that I, I was so, so proud to be a part of it, you know, a big part of it. And, um, yeah, so those 12 cats are up for adoption in our branch now. And, um, you know, some of them were in Newark since May or, you know, whatever. And who knows how long before that, because as long, as old as they are, that, those, that's the area they came from. So, and they were on the streets before they were in the shelter. And, you know, but, um, so yeah, that, that was, um, that was an experience too. Um, it's just been very repetitive. Everything has been very um, repetitive and heavy, and it's just it's doesn't seem to relent or you know give you time to breathe and really like decompress. 
it's um yeah they said that compassion fatigue is it's that's real shit so yeah let me uh get off this this heavy shit and um just talk about some bullshit um not necessarily bullshit but you know what i mean uh suzuki versus homicide in gcw that's fucking awesome I'm so glad to see that he's coming in and, you know, getting guys like Homicide. He's wrestling Gresham. Um, I really want to see him versus Dickinson. I don't think Dickinson's got to work Suzuki yet, right? Um, definitely would love to see that, you know, hard-hitting shit there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't ever get to see GCW anymore because um, I'm not paying for it. Like, that's not going to happen. So... I generally don't get to see it, and uh, yeah, is what it is. But uh, oh, speaking of, I actually sent my motherfucking computer out, and it is with Ruckus at the moment. And uh, you know, after uh, he fixes it, it'll be heading back in my direction, and you know, we'll be back to the computer thing. So it'll be a lot better um, as far as me wanting to see this or wanting to see that, and uh, you know. Far, far more accessible because it's like I said, I, I, I got the IWTV thing. I got the NJPW thing, but I, I got to get rid of that because I really don't ever fucking watch it. Um, great shit, but I just I can't stay invested. Um, I don't know why. I'm just not into wrestling like that anymore. Honestly, that's really what it all comes down to is like I'm just not that that much of a wrestling fan. I could see a match here and there and and there's certain there's certain things that draw me in so there's things that i want to see like i want to see uh sadika versus mickey knuckles because it, that's like a fucking sideshow you know that's that's um sadika's a fucking savage and mickey knuckles although an absolute veteran and um you know a tough chick she's way out of shape now she's way older now and Sadika's just a fucking unleashed fucking animal I mean, she, she is not a fucking game. And I think she's going to fuck Mickey up. That's what I think. So Mickey's going to have to fight. There's no question about it. And I mean, if she fights at a point where she doesn't just get fucked up, which, you know, she's from the South and they're tough chicks out there. So I, we'll see what happens. But it, I, I don't think it's going to go well for her. Um, and to be honest with you, I, I kind of I kind of think it's somewhat of a setup. Because Danny DeMano doesn't like Mickey Knuckles. Mickey Knuckles doesn't like Danny DeMano. A couple months back, they they even had an exchange where, like, they acknowledged this. Like, I guess I'll never be working there because I slapped him in the locker room years ago. And he's holding a grudge, so fuck him. And she, they're like, yeah, fuck you, you know. And it didn't, like, follow suit and there being an angle anymore, talk about it or anything. It just went away. So I feel it was pretty legitimate. And, um... Yeah, now all of a sudden, the chick who's just running buzzsaw through dudes in the deathmatch scene, yeah, she's she's up against Mickey. So I, yeah, I, I definitely uh, think that's shady, but you know, we'll see how it turns out. I, I I'm definitely intrigued. I'm definitely interested. So I'll watch that shit. Um, and if you know they were if GCW was still on IWTV and doing pay per views on there, I'd watch a couple of their matches too but it's just i can't watch a whole show anymore i don't i don't have the tolerance for like three hours of wrestling you know 
I'll watch 20 minutes or an hour of wrestling and, and it'll have my attention. And after that, I'm just like scrolling through my phone. Like, ah, what else is going on? Playing a fucking Looney Tune game or some shit on my phone. Like, uh, I've been hooked on that game for a lot, long time, but, uh, the Looney Tune shit. But yeah, like I'll, I'd rather do that than continue to watch the same fucking wrestling kind of shit that I've been seeing. So I don't know. That's that's just me with that. But um, Onita versus Tremont for H two O. I guess that's happening. I I don't know, guys. Remember when I said he was he's gonna be back? Just just give it a minute. Um. Oh yeah. Um. Rest in peace to Daphne. Um, I get she committed suicide, and uh, that it's terribly sad. I mean, I know a lot of people had really, really great things to say about her. I didn't know her at all or have any interaction with her, so I can't really speak to that. But I, I would trust these people's words to say that she was a great person, and I never heard anything negative about her. Um, I thought she played great character on WCW. That's, I think, the last that I really saw her. Because, again, I, I don't you know, go out of my way to watch a, a lot of different other... I think she, she worked in IWA Mid-South as, as Lucy Fur or something. But I don't know uh, if that was before. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know time period-wise when that was. And I, I definitely didn't see it. But it's sad, and I guess like it happened on some, not on Instagram Live, but like she streamed like pretty much like a video suicide note, and then went off off air and and ended it, and it's just so terrible. You know, you hate to see shit like that. Hey, you know, some people just can't be helped. It's yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough, you know. It's easy to say what you would have done, what you could have done, all of this, and reach out to people. And what the fuck are you gonna do when you reach out? I I'd personally like to know that shit myself because if you say that somebody's you're having a hard time, okay, now what are you gonna do? What can you do? I mean, I, I dealt with a person who I was concerned for when I moved that girl Kelsey, and then I tried to fucking help her. And she wanted to kill herself and this and this. And there wasn't a fucking thing you could do for her. Because, like, it, you go into the hospital. They try to get you to fuck out of there as soon as possible. And then put you into, like, meetings and shit. Like, she checked herself in saying she wanted to kill herself. And, like, it, it was, like, almost no time. And she was right the fuck back out. Where they were like, yeah, you're good to go. Here's some meds and this and that. And, you know, they shot her right the fuck back out. And then we're just like, yeah, go to these meetings. But, like, there's no mandate because it's all voluntary. You're not, like, unless you did some criminal shit and the court mandated you to do that. So, like, in order for you to actually be forced into any kind of helpful situation or put into, like, uh, anything long term, you, you better do some criminal shit. And then maybe, you know... If you're if you're able to be rehabilitated, you could follow the mandated help long enough to get yourself help. Because like, I just I think it's another one of these thoughts and prayers things. When people are saying, "Oh, well, if you 
If you're struggling, reach out. And what the fuck are you going to do about it? You know, it's just like you'd like to just think, oh, well, the, I would have I would have had the talk that would have changed what changed their whole fucking life because the things they're dealing with are heavier than just a conversation. Sometimes it helps and it might buy you a little time. But if life doesn't change and that, that same shit that's dr just dragging you, you what are you going to do? It, it's a shame, though. Rest in peace. Uh, floods in the Northeast. Yeah, man. Uh, shit has gotten wild, man. I, I don't know. I, I guess it's the global warming because we turned into fucking Florida out here. Like yearly hurricane risks and fucking tornado warnings. When the fuck did tornadoes come anywhere near over here? I never heard of that shit. That was always like that Midwest shit where it was like, I never want to live out there because there's fucking tornadoes. And it's like, now we get the motherfuckers too. And hurricanes are like fucking Florida now. Like they just, I don't know what the fuck. They never like had directions here before or some shit. We would only get them every like fucking seven years, 10 years, some shit like that. And, and now all of a sudden, every one of these motherfuckers just rips up the coast from like from Florida and just heads up the fucking coast. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I've never seen weather like this before. And now you just get like random fucking oh it's gonna rain real heavy and then you're like yo like like damaging shit like it's not even technically a storm i know this was like the the remnants of uh whatever the fuck ida or not ida yeah maybe ida i don't know one of these bitches um it, it was the remnants of that shit and you know i fucked a lot of places up i mean bad like flooded insane of course Shaheen got floods because he he's about that flood life yeah you know i mean so <laughs> nah man uh i'm joking of course shout out to Shaheen and all the shit he's dealing with my dude um check out nuclear heat graphics i'm positive you could use your help with some commissions and shit and um you know he's just he's just got the worst luck with water man it's whether it's coming from the pipes or the river or wherever the fuck, like he's 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 got it rough, man, with the with the water damage. But um, yeah, it it fucked a lot of people's shit up, and um, it just doesn't seem to be stopping. It's just like one after another after another. Um, shit just seems to be getting worse weather wise overall. But what can I do? Um. Deep South owner racist backlash. So this uh, Kevin Brandon guy, right? They uh, there was like a Twitter, and it commented. So it was like IWA Deep South Twitter, and it commented on um, I don't even know the chick's name in in Ring of uh, not Ring of Honor uh, TNA, I guess. Um, she's like one of those like monster chicks. And she's got like a dude haircut and uh, makeup and all that, like to look like a ghoul, you know, it's like scary and shit. So she posted something saying like, I don't care if people call me a guy or ugly or whatever, I'm doing my job and, you know, I, I'm not going to let you stop me from doing what I want to do or something like that, you know, like just, just telling people to go fuck themselves if they don't like who she is. And that's, you know, that's great. Um, but, uh, 
this IWA Deep South Twitter comments, you look more like a dyke. And it's like, well, first off, like, I don't really know what you're trying to accomplish by that shit. Like, she just finished telling you she didn't give a fuck what you think. And you're just adding some more shit that's not, that's not going to fucking help your case. You know, like, no one's going to be like, yeah, that guy's right. Like, we should listen to what that guy has to say. Like, you, you've got to know in, in 2021, like, that shit isn't going to go well. I I know that whole shit's out of, like, Alabama or whatever, but, like, you guys got to know you're not really, like, welcome most places anymore. <laughs> like, that Alabama mentality is not a, is not really a, a 2021 friendly mentality for the most part. And, you know, obviously not everybody in Alabama is racist, but you know what I mean? Um, this guy has been notoriously racist. Uh, people had said that he might've been in the clan, uh, like straight up. Uh, I remember Billy Graham used to tell me that he was a card carrying clan member, like straight up, no elaboration. Like he is in the fucking clan. That was what Billy would allege and shit. I, you know, I, I don't know shit firsthand from like being around them, but I've heard from more more than one person that the dude is is definitely racist. Um, and plus, he's just a shithead. The whole fucking IWA Deep South fucking Carnage Cup fucking carny garbage. Like you know, they got fans fucking drinking hard liquor in the front row and also allowing same fans to help them string up razor wire. Like you're putting the entire deathmatch wrestling scene at risk every fucking time you run a show because you have no standards, no safety protocol, no fucking anything. So when some terrible shit happens and you're on the news, no one's running fucking death matches. And I said that shit years ago. And if this fucking asshole had enough money to run constant shows, he would have had it happen already. The fact is, is like he pretty much, I think, just runs Carnage Cup now. It's, I don't think Deep South runs regularly. So I think he only runs like a once a year show. So now his odds are way lower of, of blowing it for everybody. But stay tuned because it's not off the fucking table. Like he does nonstop stupid stuff. He's the guy that had uh, uh, Spider Boudreaux and, and John Rare and the one stabbed the other guy with a box cutter. And he's running around going, let's see CZW top that. You know, like he, he was that delusional that he thought like that was amazing shit that no one else thought of like a, just an open stabbing in a wrestling match and um, genius. So who's going to stop? Who's going to top that? You know, the guy's retarded basically. So I look, he, he comes out and he says, it wasn't my Twitter. Like it wasn't IWA deep South. Never had a Twitter. Once upon a time I had a Twitter. Stop using the Twitter. That ain't my Twitter. That that was his deal, you know. So I I don't know, man. I just I don't think you can. I, I don't think you're gonna find a way to make Kevin Brandon not a racist. Whether it was his Twitter or or someone else or or whatever the fuck. I, I really don't give a fuck whether it was his Twitter or not. But my opinion before, during, and after this thing is Kevin Brandon's a racist. So I'm not gonna now start believing that. Oh, maybe it wasn't his, and he's not a racist. Why the fuck, how the fuck did he back out of all years of that shit? And now, like, suddenly he's, like, Carnage Cup's having, like, uh, Larry Legend as the fucking commentator, which you better be fucking careful, because that shit is not friendly out there for, for a cat like him. 
you know? I, I would I would be real fucking careful a gay black dude going down to fucking Alabama or wherever the fuck they're running at to do ring announcing. Um, shit, man. Um, maybe bring that that uh, nasty Leroy cat with you that rolls around to the shows with like a, a gun, like writing everybody's view. I don't know. Do do something, but yeah, that's uh. I don't know. I'll just never buy that that dude is a is a good dude. There, there's no fucking way that I'll ever be on that team. Um, uh, Hall of Fame flags at Tremont's, but no Hogan. Yeah, it's bullshit. Total bullshit. Um, That's why I said you know a while ago Tremont is just a carny ass dude. Um, he. He was raised on that Carney shit. He looked up to Carney's, and in the end, what the fuck else is he gonna be? He lives in the fucking building. Um, you know, it's like he did the Hogan Hall shit, but to me, that was just a publicity deal. That was just to get pops out of the fans for that show, and maybe attendance on the next show. And after that, he was done with it. He was fucking done with it. My homie Jeremy has done more promotion of fucking Hogan than than uh, Matt Tremont ever did. And I'm dead fucking serious about that. And you want to know why? Because Jeremy, Jeremy made his fucking shout out to I got you five stars. He made his fucking logo Kevin Hogan. And now he's get he's he's putting that sponsorship shit out there. So in turn. Kevin Hogan's face is showing up over here, over there. Every time that his show is shared, Kevin Hogan's name gets around. If anyone's keeping Kevin Hogan's name alive, it's Jeremy. Not fucking Matt Tremont, who supposedly named the building after him that he immediately started forgetting. And now you got a banner of Danny Havoc. Rest in peace, Danny Havoc. Um, the the girl from Smart Marks got a banner. Rest in peace to her. Uh, you know, no disrespect to these people. But when you named it Kevin Hogan Memorial Hall, and now it's the H2O Wrestling Center. You know, I, I, uh, I, I would think that people, you know, who, who feel strongly about Hogan would not like that. You know, I just, I think it's disrespectful. And the thing is, is like, I, I'm very big on take responsibility for your actions. So the thing is, is like, you think long and hard before you go dedicate something to somebody. Because if you're not willing to keep that dedication going, it's worse than a dedication. It's more of an insult. The last thing you would want to do to somebody who you're dedicating something to is insult them, right? So it doesn't make a lot of sense to start something you're not willing to really dedicate to and finish that'll only lead to the disrespect of the very thing you were trying to pay respects to to begin with. So to me, it's asinine, fucking boneheaded, and then it's like doubling down on it with massive Danny Havoc banner, which again, not saying he doesn't deserve a banner. Danny Havoc was one of the best deathmatch wrestlers on the planet. Like, no question. Lost way too soon. 
you know, uh, all this, you know, but you didn't have to fucking make it Kevin Hogan anything. You could have came out, gave a fucking heartfelt speech when Kevin passed. You you, you could have did the fucking leave the chair empty for that show with the chicken on it. And that's it. That's it. If you wanted to even go further, you could have fucking had a Kevin Hogan Memorial Tournament and did that once a year. And then you only had to bring it up once a year. You know, it was your fucking idea to dedicate a whole fucking building that would be mentioned every single time you mentioned where you were. That's a big fucking commitment. And you weren't willing to make that commitment. So to me, your word ain't shit. That's just how I view the situation. That's how I always view the situation. You know, and you know, to then go like, oh, no, it's it's like an inside thing, brother. It's uh, everybody knows how I feel about Hogan. Yeah, yeah, nobody needs to hear that shit because, again, you signed up for this shit. You know what I mean? You are the one who decided to put that weight on yourself to continue to fulfill this this dedication. It's like saying, like, you know, I'd like to... Um, I'd like to donate, you know, $10 a month to uh, this children's hospital where you can keep up with that. But just say like you decided to donate $300 a month and you were able to do it that month. But man, as, as the next month and the month after that came, you're like, man, it's 300 ain't coming easy. I, I don't think I could fucking make that. And then you stop mailing envelopes back all together. You know, and then it's like, well, they're over here waiting on this, you know, this thing that you signed up for. And, you know, and that's not even like the best example, because, you know, a donation's a donation. Usually you're not locked into like a like a bill on it. But. You know, it's just just somewhat of a comparison, but that's that Um, CM Punk. And Daniel Bryan. But um, let's talk about CM Punk first. I'm a huge CM Punk fan. Um, one of the very few things that does catch my interest in wrestling that's still existing is CM Punk. His promos, I, you know, I like his fucking promos a lot. I, I, could, I feel like the dude's talking to me. You know, it's not just gimmicky bullshit. Whether he wrote the shit the day before or whatever the fuck, it doesn't really matter because it comes off as just genuine. Um, he's a smart ass, you know, he's a, you know, and, and I always respected his fucking grind because he was a guy who, you know, he wasn't AJ Styles wrestling talented. He didn't have this insane athletic ability to do all this shit like AJ. You know, he, he had a look. But he wasn't jacked out of his mind or any kind of like great, oh, this is easy, you know, look. And really, when he got into the WWE, that stereotype was still kind of active. You didn't get indie guys in the WWE. You didn't really get guys that looked like CM Punk in the WWE. And he, he got up in there and uh, Triple H fucking hated him and he still 
did tremendous shit in that company for the amount of success he had with one of the biggest influences in the entire fucking company hating him you know it's like getting hired onto a job and then like one of the highest fucking in command in that company hates your fucking guts and you gotta you gotta like punch in every day just knowing this motherfucker up top that could get you fired for sure hates you can't stand you but now you've made yourself such fucking money out there that getting rid of you isn't good for business so now you're just kind of stuck fucking waiting for his fucking flame to burn out and it just fucking doesn't cm punk leaves they chanted his fucking name until like three weeks ago in certain times in the WWE. If they said, uh, we have a mystery opponent, some fucking CM Punk, CM Punk is going to be heard during that Raw, SmackDown, pay-per-view, whatever the fuck the mystery opponent is supposed to show up at, CM Punk's name will be heard on your fucking TV every single show that there's some kind of maybe someone's going to show up. Royal Rumble every fucking year. You could hate him for whatever the fuck reason you want to hate him, but to deny the impact that he made on the fucking the WWE, the the fandom in general, the um, the open the opening of doors for the indie guys, because then it became a right. And then it was like, well, if we're dealing with this guy, we don't even like this fucking guy that much. Yeah, maybe we can add other guys that you know we could do this or that with and and now it just started opening doors and opening doors to the the extent of i mean nxt like nxt was kind of born off of that same kind of letting the indies in it's like they they started to build their interest so much towards these indie guys it's almost like they needed an entire federation to start housing them because they wanted more guys than they wanted to put on raw or smackdown so that I think when you really look into it and the shift that happened after CM Punk's success, you could give him credit for a lot of fucking things that are going on right now. And uh, I've always just been a fan. I also, like I said, I'm not a people person, so I don't give a fuck. If, if most people hate him, good. I probably don't like those fucking people either, you know, or most of them. So gives a fuck what they're mad about, you know? But, you know, he came out, got a pretty good promo, you know, to start. And um, I guess they're immediately building him against Darby Allen. The other thing about CM Punk that I really like is, again, like I said, he's he's not the best wrestler. Flat out, you know, athletic ability, perfect this, that. I think he, he executes things very well in the ring. And I think his match planning is fantastic. Because this is another thing that he did where... I got to really learn that John Cena can wrestle. You know, you, you'd see a lot of the matches he had, but it would, you know, they had the jokes for years, the five moves of doom and all this shit. CM Punk had a physical, competitive wrestling match with John Cena and, and multiple. I'm, I'm no WWE historian, so I don't even know which one I like the best or which one really stuck out to me. But I remember seeing him uh, against Cena and going, wow, dude, like, Cena's really fucking stepping up with him. And I seen his match with Brock. And, you know, a lot of these guys that you'd see him in there with, and you're like, 
oh wow, I don't you know, I don't remember a match that went, you know, quite that well with this dude or or that I at least looked at as like John Cena in a competitive wrestling match where you're looking at it and it's almost an ROH style match, you know, that that kind of shit. It's almost like, you know, Cena comes into ROH and wrestles their champion. You know, that's that's the vibe I was getting off a lot of their shit. And um, that that made me really buy into it because now I knew that he could kind of introduce some of that indie style and that that strong style, a little hard hitting, you know, some some, you know, suplexes that that look dangerous, not just your standard you know, standard suplex, you know, he was able to do a lot with guys that, you know, I didn't see that coming from. So, and and in the end, I ended up respecting Cena that much more. I think that opened Cena's eyes to wanting to do more of that type of stuff. Because again, following that, you'd see him getting in there with the the El Generico's and Sami Zayn, you know, all these other younger guys indie-ish guys and then you know you saw a whole lot more out of Cena than the five moves of Doom so again I just think you can go back to a lot of things that CM Punk was involved in and either during or after shit got better because of it in my opinion so I give him a lot of credit for a lot and again this guy has been out of wrestling and still massively over since the fucking day he left. So find me another guy that could be like that. There's not many. The only thing that has continued since they left, I think, besides CM Punk chance, is the what shit out of like the Austin what. Like that's the only thing that I think is carried over for that long after the person's been gone. Unless I'm missing one, because I, I very well could be, because again, I'm not a I don't even watch Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-views or any shit anymore. But the last time I was watching it, those are the only things that were still sticking around from shit that was like long gone. You know, Austin wasn't a regular for a long time and Punk was gone for a long time. And still at some point or another during that three hour Raw, you'd hear that fucking this chant or that what when they didn't want to hear a heel saying something and, you know, but that was just a super catchy gimmick thing that they're even doing in the indies. You knew goddamn well Austin wasn't showing up on the fucking indies. So not after his you know, his big run. You know, early I think he, he showed up in Jersey All Pro and all sorts of shit, but yeah, not not afterwards. But uh, yeah, so it it brought my attention to AEW, and I gotta tell you that. I was one of the first, I mean, I I don't say like, yeah, I was the first one that ever stood against it. Like, I'm just saying like, I immediately, my gut reaction was no chance in hell will fucking AEW be competition to WWE. Um, No fucking way. Just another company that's going to pretend to be competent. How can you compete with the monster that's WWE? Now we're talking about AEW doing what, what WWE couldn't do for all these years and get CM Punk back in that fucking ring. Um, you, you got CM Punk there. Daniel Bryan is supposed to show up on Sunday again, massively fucking over. Uh, you know, the Alistair black over there, massively fucking over. 
I mean, the the amount of talent that's over there is insane. But now you're getting to the point of like the Braun Strowmans and shit. I mean, you never thought they would not be a contracted WWE guy. Pretty sure they got Braun Strowman, right? Um, I don't know if Bray Wyatt got over there yet or whatever, but I, I, he's released. So I would imagine he's going to show up any minute. Um, shit like that, like, is really unheard of. Definitely not something I ever expected. I, I figured, you know, when WWE was done with somebody and they would normally have gotten rid of somebody, like you would see a Zack Ryder get released and then show up in AEW because that's that's kind of what I would expect. You know, those like kind of bit players, uh, not not your main eventers. But, I mean, we're talking about, like, Bray Wyatt. Like, how much was invested in fucking Bray Wyatt? Uh, Braun Strowman, shitloads were invested in him, too. And, like, to just be like, yeah, now we're good on you. Like, we're just cutting, caught, cutting, caught. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's... These are major fucking players that have sold, like, insane amount of fucking merch for you guys and everything. Like, all right. Like, but you're giving these major players to another company. There's only so long you could play that fantasy draft game before. Yeah. They're a legitimate fucking competition. And, and I feel like we're there because they got that young wrestling talent. They got guys that'll jump off a fucking bridge for them. Like Joey and fucking Darby Allen. And you know, these guys will just fall out of the fucking ceiling. Like old school, justice pain out of the pyramid of hell. Oh, it's a pay-per-view, and I just want your body to fucking plummet from the ceiling. All right. The fucking jump through a hole in the roof, and that'll be that, you know? Um, on, on the opener. And then they got, you know, Kenny Omega to Young Bucks, you know, which they're cornballs and all, but, you know, they, they could fucking go. Um, you know, you got a lot of fucking talent. All over those cars, you got Mox, you got Eddie Kingston, you got, you know, these are the these are the type of guys that you wouldn't really see. Yeah, you'd see, obviously, Mox, but Eddie Kingston being involved in, like, main role, like, main angles and shit like that. That's something that, you know, we've been wanting to see for years. So now they're involved in these these big angles and storylines, and, and you get to see them as a major character the way they deserve to be for so many fucking years, Kingston and... And, um, yeah, add that to now also WWE guys from the top tier, add that to young indie talent, add that to, you know what I mean? Like, how could you not be competition at that point? You could talk numbers, all of this, all you want, but as interest shifts, as interest moves, the numbers eventually will follow. It may not be overnight. WWE has been such an ingrained thing. How many DVRs is WWE locked into that they just get the ratings every week, whether you're tuning in or not? You know, it's there's a lot when it when it comes right on down to it. But when some of these big names are moving over and drawing kids' eyeballs over, oh. Where is Braun Strowman? Oh, there he is. And now they're they're interested by this. They're interested by that. Yeah, they got the money backing to keep fucking doing what they're doing there. And it continues to be that that much of a shift. Where this major talent's going over there. It's 
Yeah. And like I said, it draws my interest. And if this was even five years ago, I'd probably be watching every single week. And when I watched that CM Punk, you know, uh, return, the entrance, the, you know, just the, the aura of the whole thing, it made me want to watch every week again until next week. And then by the time next week came, I was like, I don't really give a fuck. Because that's just where I'm at with wrestling right now. And again, that's just that's just me. But I expect the actual wrestling fans, the ones that haven't, you know, lost their love for it, that do watch full wrestling shows every single week, I would expect them to gravitate towards AEW because I, I think a good part of it is a better product. You know, um, I know WWE has the, you know, their NXT, which is, you know, more of an indie product. And they've put so many more of these indie type guys on the main stage. But, you know, when I see people talk about it online, a lot of them still have the same complaints. And then you see where they, they had nothing left to do with the Aleister Black. They couldn't find a, they couldn't figure out what to do with him. You know, they couldn't figure out what to do with Braun Strowman. Or, or Bray Wyatt anymore. The guy's successfully pulled off various gimmicks like you know the the Wyatt family leader Bray Wyatt and fucking that that fiend shit was over too with that crazy Mr. Rogers fucking side character shit like that that's wild as fuck I mean but it, it, it definitely should draw attention that's for sure so we'll see what they do with it it's really their their fucking game to play now, because now now they absolutely have the cards to be fucking sitting at the same table. I think, obviously, not a, not the longevity, not the fucking fame that the WWE has. They can never, uh, you know, show up and and um, you know, top the brand that WWE has been known to be. They're you know, it, it's still an upstart company, really. But a company that's made those type of strides and gotten those Sir, type of names evening. to be part of the Okay. Now, now we're talking though. And if they could log longevity, which, you know, that's just ain't shit to do but to do it. You know, yeah, you got time ahead of you, and if you could just keep logging time, it starts getting more credibility. Things become more realistic as times passed, and you continue to just mark those fucking years. And this year, and that year, and this year, and we killed it this year, and then we did this shit this year, and you know, and and you just keep knocking it out because you could go hot and heavy and be a bad motherfucker that looks like, oh shit, watch out WWE, and then suddenly Vince like snatches that shit up too and fucking throws it in the garbage like WCW and ECW, and uh, then uh, okay, that was over. You never know. I mean, you just never know what the fuck's going to go on in the world of wrestling and competition because competition has never been a, a surviving thing when it's up against Vince McMahon. So, um, again, we will, we will see. Um, they have a, quite, a, quite a fucking roster there, though, and they seem to just continue to add to it. Partnership with TNA is not a bad thing, even though TNA ain't really a whole lot of anything. But to have a whole separate company with pay-per-views and this and that that you could have talent running in and out of, like, it's, it's pretty fucking dope. They're definitely coming together and doing some really good shit. Um, that's from a guy who doesn't like wrestling.
uh gage is emo now man um he's uh the guest dj at um the emo fight gcw presents emo fight i don't know what the fuck is going on anymore but um i never heard an emo fight i never heard an emo dude chick whatever fought anybody other than just darkness you know what i mean fought their own feelings or whatever the fuck they they would just be dark man and like hate everything life is you know it's like i bleed to know if i'm alive like that shit not like i'm gonna fuck you up like that's gage is supposed to be that guy and uh gage is emo it's it's bizarre i don't fucking understand it um but it's not for me. It, it, this shit is clearly not made for me. You know? It's like me sitting there and watching, like, the Teletubbies and, and being like, why does that character do this shit that way? That's bullshit. Like, you don't think this shit was scripted for you, do you? This shit is clearly not for you. And that's how I feel about wrestling now. It's like, this shit ain't really made for me. So, like... If I if I think it's absolutely fucking ridiculous and then you look on the video and there's a whole crowd full of people clapping and chanting and shit, you're like, oh, this just isn't for me. That's why. Because it's like not not working. It's just not working for me like a motherfucker. So why would I even bother with it? You know, because clearly it's like like if you're not into uh, horror movies, you, you're not going to go watch a horror movie and be like, this is fucking terrible because it's. I don't like how the guy keeps jumping out and shit. Like that's really like it makes me jump and drop my popcorn. Like it's shit's it's 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 not for me. And then just keep going to horror movies. Like that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, so that's that's what it comes down to to me. That uh, I hit a certain age and it was just like, oh yeah, like no. I don't like enough of this shit to fucking not watch for the, you know, twenty percent of shit that I actually do like. And it became more like 5%, you know, in a short amount of time because it just, just got burned out on everything. I've seen, I feel like I've seen it all, you know, there's different shit that can happen and there's new shit that, you know, you can come about that you'd be like, oh, I'd like to see that or, you know, but, you know, I've seen insanely stiff matches. I've seen insane death matches very creative death matches i've seen returns that you know made you go crazy because the person just came back or run-ins or surprises and shit like that but at this point like it's it's like running the same thing over again and you know different cast of characters and obviously there's a lot of different things that are going on but again i think it's a lot of like waiting through things you've seen already to get to something you haven't and I, I don't have patience. I've always been a very impatient person. The, uh, my mom said when I was born that they brought me back into the room. And, uh, you know, because when they take you away from the mom and then they go clean you up or whatever the fuck and bring you back. And uh, they were like, yeah, like, you're, this baby has no patience. When he wants something, he wants something. So I, I was told, like, early on, like, oh, that's that's what you're all about. I'm like, oh, okay. But uh, I guess it's true because I do not have fucking patience. So if I got to like, you know, watch 
90% of something to see 10% of something that I like, it's not worth it to me. Yeah. And I keep fucking with these percentages and shit, but I'm no mathematician. And, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to make a point as far as, uh, just my lack of tolerance these days for, for any of that type of shit. Cause there's, there is some good shit that I like. I like Chris Dickinson matches. I like, um, uh, what else do I like? I just drew a fucking blank. Um, I'm, I'm liking this fucking Sadaka chick, just tearing motherfuckers up. Um, there's a lot of, you know, deathmatch guys that I liked watching, you know, tanks, a great deathmatch guy. Um, even a little Neil diamond cutter dude, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of Sada, you know, like I'll, I'll watch some of their shit, you know, but it, overall, like it's just, most of it is, it's just more of the same to me. Well, Tony Deppin's got great matches. There, there's a lot. I mean, there, there's quite a few dudes that, you know, I would go like oh that that match sounds all right yeah willing to watch that shit you know but i just don't i don't even go out of my way to watch some of this shit anymore you know emo fucking emo it's like they're gonna play sad music for the whole fucking show and like everybody like keep the lights low complimentary tissues like at the door and shit like you just in case you need to sob a little bit Emo, to me, I think it's just, like, sadness, right? It's just a bunch of sad motherfuckers in there comforting each other over some wrestling. That's some bitch-ass shit, man. Like, that's just how I feel, man. It's just some bitch-ass shit. Emo fight. And I'm not saying none of the fucking dudes that are participating in the thing are tough or any shit like that, but, like, man, that's a, that's that's some clown shit, man. Why would you even... Why would you run that shit like that? Emo fight. Uh, Hall of Fame deathmatch weapons workshop. See, this is another thing why, like, I got two of the old school um, CZW guys. uh, CZW um, security guys doing it. And uh, it's like they're... I guess going to explain how to build weapons and like the best way to do it and whatever. Like, I feel like this whole shit, like even further, like this is another thing that just further exposes an already overexposed fucking deathmatch wrestling. Cause we used to like, like I, I would, I would ask like my fucking job, like, yo, let me uh, change the light bulbs for the next like fucking month. A uh, tournament of deaths coming up. They're like, what's that? I'd have to explain to people like, this is what it is. And this is oh, that's fucking crazy. Like, okay, whatever you can take all of them you want, as long as they're, you know, broken. So, you know, a light goes out, like I'm walking around the building looking for like a light to go out. I'll change that, you know? And then I'm just storing them off in a cut. And then before the event, I'm loading them in the fucking car and, you know, I'd find uh, the one tournament of death I found, like a kid slide, like one of those plastic kid slides that were just like way too small. And um, to really do a whole lot of anything, unless you have like a baby that you're throwing down this little thing. And even that, you need like a blanket at the bottom so you didn't bust his head. Like it's a dumb size slide. But uh, so we got that and then fucking like, I think we put tubes on that or, or carpet strips or some kind of shit. I think it was carpet strips and um i think danny havoc took like a bump into the corner into it or but like this is the type of shit and you would just come up with whatever the fuck you could think of and you know 
it, it was just it was fun and it was like I thought of this shit or whatever. And like sometimes you, you would have to learn yourself on whether shit was going to be used or not based on like if you went too crazy with her, you did something that was going to straight up like injure somebody like immediately. They weren't going to use that shit. Um, so you just you just had to figure it the fuck out, you know. And after a while, it was a lot of trial and error with the fucking wrestlers, too, because they were using all those skinny tubes and shit. And then eventually they're like, yeah, no skinny tubes. Don't don't put that shit on any weapons because they were really fucking people up. But there was a lot of trial and error and shit like that. But, you know, in the end, you'd hear, like, don't use this or we're not taking that. And that's that. But now to, like, sit there, like, how, how deep into this shit are we going to go? Like, well, if you use this, this... Don't put the light tubes up and down to put them uh, side to side. You know, don't crisscross them because, you know, you could uh, when he takes a back bump, one of them is going to gouge him this way. Yeah, it's just more like revealing shit that we, we really just shouldn't need to have to get into in front of all the fans and all that. So, I mean, I, I don't know really how much could really go into it other than like, yeah, you just wrap the tape around there. And then, uh. I, I don't know, put some blankets in your car and make sure they don't, when you hit a bump, they don't break. Like, I mean, what else can, how do you fill a fucking hour or however long they're talking for? Two hours, I mean, how, how long could they talk for without getting into some real just fucking weirdo shit? To me, it's just, it, it ruins even more, you know? And it's just, this is far from like, one of the main problems. This is like just a, a topping on the shit cake they've been building for years. Deathmatch shit cake. Yeah, it's just like one more sprinkle. Yeah, it's just fucking ridiculous. Uh, Nolan Edwards and ICW and and all that. All right. So uh, Nolan Edward, I guess, uh, was banging an underage chick, something like that. And, uh, he's done. So, you know, you, you gotta know that, especially, you know, 2021, you're just going to run around, you know, with that type of shit on your record and, and, uh, people are going to book you. Um, well, they will until they get called out and then, then they'll, uh, act like they just found out. Which is what happened because one day. I saw, I don't know what the fuck day that was. One day, I saw this fucking promo package that was uh, Jimmy Jacobs versus fucking Darby, uh, not Darby, uh, Nolan Edward. Nolan Edward was cutting the whole fucking promo, calling Jimmy Jacobs out, and it was going to be Jimmy Jacobs and Nolan Edward at uh, ICW, I think that's one of the circus or whatever the fuck. I think it's called that something about a circus. Um, so they were going to have a thing and they had like a whole video promo. It wasn't just him standing there talking. They put like a whole little cinematic thing together. And um, yeah, so they had that shit. And then like later that day, all of a sudden I saw like ICW is taking responsibility and we are no longer booking Nolan Edward because and I'm like, what the fuck? And I had heard about that minor shit a while ago where not like a while, a while, but definitely not like that day. It was at least a month before that or so that people were talking about that shit. 
So they were just going to go ahead and book him anyway. Just saying, because Danny, you know, go look up Danny's mugshot where he where he hit the chick. You know, we're going to keep pretending like Danny Danny Demano is a good dude, but it's 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 fucking bullshit. He's not a good dude. I wish I I wish I could stop hearing fucking people say that while they're ignoring domestic violence and and when he was fucking when he dropped that chick on her head in the fucking ring and then cut a promo on what a slut she was in the ring and shit. Yeah, I mean, like he's a dirtbag. He's always been a dirtbag. But, you know, some people are just going to glaze over that because they want to, you know, be in close with ICW, which to me is just fucking gross because, you know, with any kind of morals, you can comb through like what he's really about as a human being and go, yeah, he's probably not a great guy, but I do like the way he books a show. That would be a little bit more of an honest and respectable opinion than he's a great guy because he's not a fucking great guy. So, again, he was booking a guy. He got called out. Suddenly he, oh, my God, no way. Uh, so now he fucking unbooks him and all that shit. And now he's getting fucking, he, he was getting attacked for, oh yeah, now you, now you unbook him. Um, people were saying stuff about damn off too. And I, I kept trying to ask people what the fuck damn off do. And I don't know. Um, I know years ago there was like a thing, something with homicide and he was being kind of like blackballed from wrestling because it had something to do with like homicides family or some shit like this. And I, I remember, like, I faintly remember that Homicide called him a pedophile, but then it turned out that he didn't know what a pedophile meant. Like, the word, he didn't know what the, the word meant. And uh, that he, he, he mislabeled him as that, and it wasn't, it wasn't quite that. It wasn't like a minor thing. But I don't know. Again, I, I don't even really know what happened between Moff and Homicide. I just know Moff couldn't really work in the u.s he was working in puerto rico for a little while um after that because everywhere that he would work homicide would work and they just couldn't be in the same building you know and then you were going to pick homicide over moff because homicide was the vet that you know everybody wanted working for him um so uh that i don't know if like that's what they're talking about with him where like they're remembering it being called that, even though it wasn't that, you know what I mean? And then like, they're like, yeah, what about him? I don't know. Or maybe it's something else. I have no idea. But, um, so yeah, like there, there's a lot of people calling out this and that. And you know, what else is funny. What else stemmed off of this? Um, so Chrissy Rivera, um, commented on some shit on that. And like, I don't even know how, like she wound up, attacking this chick but um she was like i i get the vibe that the shannon chick said something like defending the the whole situation or what because i guess she works with um danny over there i work very loosely i'm saying works um with danny over there at icw um, her name's like Shannon Werbelowski or some shit like that. Uh, she calls herself Shannon Hunter. But, um, Chrissy just fucking went in her throat and was just like, yeah, and, uh, this chick Shannon, I fucking, I can't stand her. I don't, I, again, I, I don't even know the correlation between like the Nolan Edward shit, but it was like, she was commenting on the Nolan Edward thing. Oh, and oh yeah, of course, after the fact they, they unbooked them type deal doesn't surprise me. And then like went right in on her. 
So that that was wild. Uh, that was funny to me too because that Shannon chick's been been ridiculous for years. Like she would just like pop up on comments. Um, she I either blocked me or I blocked her like a long time ago um, because I just I I stopped. I, I didn't want to hear her shit anymore because she would pop up on whatever comments and she'd act like she was some kind of fucking ring bet. And she'd be like, "Oh no, you don't you don't know like DJ Hyde." saved ccw like uh zandig never ran a company like like dj does and like silly ass shit like that she'd say and she'd talk to you in a condescending way like again like she was a ring vet and she'd be like no you don't understand how it works <laughs> it's like bitch you're retarded i don't i don't know who the fuck you think you're talking to but i'm a grown-ass man and you know I, I went to enough shows to tell you what i like and what i don't like and, um, you know, the way that I felt about a company under this guy and the way that I felt about a company about this guy. And she would say shit like, uh, a Corvus Fears is a uh, peerless. There's no one as good as him in the world. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like, just like, just come out and be like, yo, these are the guys I fucked around with in the locker room rather than trying to say shit like that. Cause nobody, nobody believes that shit other than maybe Corvus Fear. Sozio likes him a lot too, so maybe he'll he'll say that too. But I I don't know if he'd go that far. But yeah, like what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like shit like that. She would keep just like interjecting herself, and she always got into these like positions where she was just like kind of around. And the next thing you know, she was on this you know this uh, extended street team type shit where she's like up in the locker room and. Yeah, it's just it's just weird because she's not a wrestler. She's not really a manager. Uh, she's probably done some managing on these bullshit New York, North Jersey shows, whatever the fuck. But no one cares, you know. No, no one's ever ever looking for her. So um, it's just weird. Chrissy just fucking went at her throat and shit, and uh, it's kind of fun to watch, but. Uh, yeah, so there's that, um, that whole thing. Yeah, what else have we got here? Anything? Oh, man. Fucking football season is, is upon us. I watched my final preseason game, Niners versus Raiders, and we whooped that ass. And I, what I can tell you straight up is, like, our depth is fucking great. Some of the people we cut were immediately signed because our roster is just so fucking stacked. It was like... Where where do you fucking like? Where's the cutoff? You you got four running backs that could be they that could start. You know, like if if a guy went out like and he had to fill that role, he could fill that fucking role. Our offense has fucking weapons. Our defense our defensive line is ferocious, and Nick Boza hasn't hit the fucking field yet. He's been on practices tearing shit up dominating in practices but they just not risking him in the preseason and on the fucking uh what is that the 12th i believe 12th 13th next weekend sunday we played a fucking lions with their downgraded quarterback situation jared goff Joey sounded like Jared Goff to me, if you say it just right. And we're playing the fucking Lions. And, yo, our defense is going to fucking 
dominate. Our offense, we are running this fucking two quarterback set shit that hasn't been done since like the 60s or some shit. Rotating quarterbacks in and out of the game per play. Or you're pulling uh, Jimmy, putting, here, here's the shit that they did, right? Trey Lance is a running threat quarterback. He's one of those guys you got to worry about using his legs and taking off for a big gain, right? He fucking faked running and handed off the moster, handed off the moster, handed off the sermon, did what he had to do to keep faking. And he would, every time he would sprint out like he was running. So they would bite on the fake and give, um, you know, the, the running back a little room to, to start breaking that line. They did that like two or three plays in a row, pulled him out, put Jimmy and Jimmy faked the run and ran the fuck in. So he's not the running threat quarterback, but they pulled the fucking okie doke on him and were like, here comes our running quarterback. Here comes our running quarterback, not giving it to him. And then they're like, well, clearly if they didn't run with him, they ain't going to run with him. Gone. And he ran in there like a fucking fullback, like head on fucking collision, touchdown, dope shit. So I'm excited to see what the fuck we pull off. We got trickery. I mean, we got two quarterbacks that can ball. And we could put them in and out of the game. This could potentially keep Jimmy healthy all fucking year. And allow, because a rookie quarterback is never... I don't know if he's ever gone to the Super Bowl. But a rookie quarterback has never won the Super Bowl. This could potentially change that when he's moving with a guy moving the ball up and down the field with a guy who's been to the Super Bowl. You know, it's uh, it's really fucking exciting to me. Football is fucking coming. Uh, check out Eric at the We Lost Nick Mullins podcast. Check, check Eric out at Garner Minshew is my new hero podcast and he should be honestly Garner Minshew is a fantastic signing I predict that Garner Minshew will be the starting quarterback at the Philadelphia Eagles um sometime during the season I don't think Jalen Hurts is is the answer not that Garner Minshew is the answer because uh the Eagles are just going to suck there's way too many holes in that team they, they may be able to stay afloat in that division if they get Minshew in there because he's a scrappy dude that's going to make plays and really try to change the fucking tide of that team instead of tempo, which is some fucking wildcat. The Philly fans would eat that shit up. He's got a mullet, walk around with his fucking shirt off and a fucking uh, belt, belt buckle and shit. Yeah, I mean, they love that shit. Um... They'll have fucking Philly belt buckles. You know, they'll, they'll market the shit out of that, dude. Philly fans will show up in mullets. Oh, it'd be great. Just the fucking... Maybe if they're very, very lucky losing the first round of the playoffs. But I don't think they will be. I think Washington's taking that division still. I, I uh... Hate to break it to fucking cowboy fans or whoever the fuck else, Eagles and the fucking uh, Giants. Fucking Giants. Daniel Jones is not the guy. But uh, Chase Young is a fucking beast and he's going to continue to cause problems. And I think um, Fitzpatrick 
he's going to go out there and ball. I think Fitzpatrick is going to go out there and absolutely put on a show because he got fucked in Miami. He was doing great. He was killing it. He was, I mean, throwing fucking three, four hundred yard games, three, four touchdowns. Like, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we know we're moving to Tua. And it's like, what the fuck? So you understand because clearly they weren't trying to make a future out of a guy as old as uh, Fitzpatrick, but he was balling. He was fucking balling and just got put on the bench like mid fucking streak. It was doing really good. So he's got something to prove towards the end of his career. And if he's ever going to be a fucking starter again, it's got to be right now. He's got the start to enter the season. He's got a beast defense who's going to get them him the ball back. And he's just got to be able to fucking just do what he's been doing. He's a tough motherfucker. He could launch the ball down that field really well. They just got to get guys open, establish a running game. And, I mean, that team's legitimate a lot more legitimate than like even last year they ended up with like alex smith in the fucking playoffs like that's how bad that division was alex smith came back from like the one of the most horrific injuries ever to play in the fucking playoffs playoffs and uh now you got ryan fitzpatrick who who is a playmaker alex was always a game manager so if you had some big playmakers, that game manager would not lose the game for you. But, you know, he's not going to do some spectacular thing to win in the end either. Fitzpatrick might. Fitzpatrick very well might. There's days where he comes out flat dominant, you know. But, um, yeah, it should be interesting. But I, I can't imagine that the Eagles would be uh, contenders. I'm just so fucking excited for football. It's like my biggest looking forward to point right now. I'm, I'm it's going to be fucking awesome. I feel like I waited so fucking long for football to come back. Cause last season was such, it was such a disaster for us. We, we fucking went to the Super Bowl, and then the next year had like something insane, like 27 fucking guys injured over the course of the season some for the whole season, whatever. It, it was like a, a crazy fucking number. And yeah, like the majority of our defense was out. The majority of our offense was out. So few of the starters, like, you know, the starting core roster, you never saw like the offense altogether. You saw like, oh, well, Kittle's in for this time, but then he was out for this time when Jordan Reed was in. So then you couldn't even see like too much of Jordan Reed and Kittle. And then, like, the, the year-end, Jordan Reed retires, get, you know, Kittle's back healthy. But, you know, there was a lot of just that that craziness where, like, you know, Moster got hurt. So then, um, you, you know, it, it was just, like, such a different set. We initially had, like, a three-running-back set that was, like, fucking crazy, three, four backs, and they could ball. So if you were able to alternate them in and out, our system set up to keep these guys fresh. But when you knock out all the fucking starters, now those guys can't alternate the same way. It's all on these back uh, backup guys. But the depth that we added this year is fucking nutty. Uh, you're going to see. Coming soon to a motherfucking field near you. Because you got the, the Lions this week. Not this week, but week one. Week two, we will whoop Philly ass. And then after that, Sunday night football for anyone who has missed the 49ers playing 
to that point up against the Green Bay Packers and Bug Eyes with his disgruntled ass over there. You know? And and you know what it, you know what it is with the 49ers versus the fucking Packers. 90% of the fucking time the, the Packers are losing that motherfucking game because we own the Packers. You know? And maybe this year will be different for them. Maybe maybe it'll catch us slipping. But Sunday night football. Fucking cannot wait for there to be Sunday night football, Thursday night football, Monday night football. All that shit. I need it all back. And it's it's right there. So uh yeah. I think that's pretty much all I got. I'm gonna take y'all out with another fucking Sean P. So let's uh get into that real quick. And I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace. In my heart, y'all. Here we go, y'all. Hey, yo. I love selling nicks at night. Go home to my son, roll his bliff and watch Nick at night. I love it with my bitch cooked. Come home to a hot meal. It's not real, the bitch can't cook. I love them bullets I sent you. You know what's up, I'm broke as fucking nigga to rent do. I love my mom's in the drug habit. I love a double jointed bitch up in my craftsmatic. I love snatching niggas, jewels up on the mass transit. I love busting in your mouth, I know you can't stand it. I love it, I love it when you bob your hand at this. At the same time, giving the guard head in the whip. I love it when I'm with wife and you say nothing. Right under her nose, I'm right under your clothes, and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Little slick bitch. In my heart, y'all. I'm serious enough to make a start. Uh -huh. Fights with brass knuckles. I love to get right with the fifth and make your ass buckle. Bong bong. I love mushrooms. I love the puff boom boom. Love living with you though it ain't mushroom. I love when you say my song is corny at the same time hugging my nuts that God stay horny. I love the flow, dog. Tell me about it, the host. I love the raw dog. Tell me some valleys, you know. I love Martin Luther. Love Malcolm X. Love not slamming, love Falcon Crest, I love wallabies, I love trees just as much as I love collard greens and cheese, bitch, I love it. Yeah. In my heart, y'all. Street niggas, through the week and food is taking lunch meat niggas. Y'all motherfuckers phony the father told me to knock y'all niggas out quick and told me your taller. Show me your dollar. Nigga, I show you the llama. The bullet blow throw holes in your armor. Blam, blam, damn fam, you fucking with the grown ass man. Couldn't 
picture my life different on Kodak Cam. I'm on your block in a towback van. Jumped out with a new gun. Hold that fam. Sean Price, past, present, and future. Better late than never. Whatever I see you, I shoot you. I love it. <laughs> Get your guns, nigga. I love it. Don't slap me five, nigga. I'll slap you nine, nigga. Fuck out of here.